that um, I mean, because we're looking into higher education and you've got so much experience in higher education, which is really, really interesting to just know your journey, just to... I mean, my journey's kind of boring, though. Hmm. Oh, no, no, it's I not boring. It's um, I, I suppose because my journey's not really an HE, I don't know, higher education journey mm. as such. Um, I think I'm going to be old-fashioned now. Um... Where do I start? <laughs> I think we're, we're all caught up in, in, in being higher education. And though it's a place where I, I work, a colleague of mine always says that, that roles are not your possession. So things come and things go. Um, but for, for me, higher education, yeah, it's a place where I interact with individuals, get to know students, get to know staff members, etc. It's a part of my life. It's an you won't be able to see this, but it's only a small part of my life in a sense, um, because I have a life outside of the university. Mm, um, <laughs> I think we, we all should. I think sometimes we, we focus too much on um, positioning ourselves within institutions um, when we should be concentrating on positioning ourselves in a, in a, in a good way outside of institutions and organisations. So with family, friends, our communities, etc. So I'm so boring now. No, um, but so that has that that has, that that is my grounding. So it doesn't really matter what goes on in the institution in terms of um, conflicts <laughs> that go unresolved in some settings or um, challenges that are thrown because I have a grounding outside mm -hmm. um, that's wider and and has and encompasses lots of different individuals and with lots of different opinions. That offer guidance mm. in a sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I suppose when you're talking about experience, that is my experience mm -hmm. um, that's shaped, that's guided, that's influenced, um, that's sometimes challenged by the, ex the external family community that I belong to. Mm. Um, sounds kind of boring and dry, doesn't it? No, no, no. Um, it's so in terms of. <laughs> But in terms of um, how I how I um, live within the institution itself, because I think sometimes we come and we, we think, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that, and I am being stifled or I'm being oppressed, etc. There are people who always do that to you, no matter where where you are. Mm -hmm. And um, this institution is, is no different. And I think it's how you handle personalities. And sometimes we have confidence to say, you know what? <laughs> the hand speaking to you <laughs> and in others you've got to be more diplomatic about the language you use and this is where language is very powerful yeah. so they may, the individuals um, within these four walls use language in a way that can oppress if you allow it to oppress you mm -hmm. so in terms of going back to, to I'm going off, off track a little bit but in terms no, of no. My, my journey um, I have been where you, you have all been that you all think you are now but I think you're kind of a bit above me but anyway um, I, 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 I have been there where I've applied for jobs, not knowing, not knowing the, the organisation, not knowing the language, not knowing um, how people position you, just thinking, oh, I like, I'd like that job, it seems interesting, and applying for it, and uh, being rejected uh, a couple of times, but of course my track record has not been that bad, because everything I've gone for, I've actually got, so probably a, a slight slippage, one or two interviews, and then thinking to myself, no, no. I'll give you an example. Um, when I started here, I came um, to I, I came from the Sh um, Sheffield City Council to um, they had um, what do you call it 
a job shadowing, a job swap. Mm-hmm. They don't do these anymore, but anyway, a job swap. And I came to replace a colleague who they said his English wasn't very good. But yeah, you'll be all right, Maxine. You can, you, do you mind swapping? I went, no. The man that I was replacing was called Abdi. Maxine, that went again as well. So yeah. Um, and I came into HR thinking, as your parents do, you need a proper job, a professional job. And back then it was corporate now. So I went into personnel in the city council, not really knowing what that was. It just was a proper job. Um, um, and then got a job swap to come to person HR here in at Hallam. And um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I want to say Greg West. Anyway, came into thinking I'm going to start there. And he said, oh, no, I, don't, I think you'd be bored down here. There's a role upstairs in registry. Would you like to try that? And I went, oh, you know what? Can it hurt? No. So I, I, I ended up joining registry in the student admissions. And that that role has taught me everything that I need to know about university life because it's where all the, the courses were validated and developed. It's where all the um, all the courses were administered in terms of uh, recruitment and progression and student numbers and just about all the, all the nooks and crannies of a university or situated in, in registry, including quality assurance. So that was a, a, a good grounding for me. I'm not sure what it's like now, but back then it, it offered you a kind of like a, a global overview of what universities were about. Um, there was interaction with staff and interaction with students. So I, su- I suppose for me that was kind of like the, the holy grail of university life. Um, I was only supposed to stay for six months. <laughs> Twenty-five years later, but anyway, <laughs> six, six, six months, um, and then and then go back. And um, and this is what I'm saying: it's it's people who see your potential, ra- rather than the ones who are always blocking because they see you as different. And I'll say his name, Morris Teasdale said to me, "Oh, do you want to stay? You seem to be enjoying it." I went, "Yeah, it's okay." So I stayed another six months then that six months became a year and I went okay um and then there were roles that come up because as usual the university is always restructuring always mm-hmm. so my first restructuring um was in the same position where pe- they ring fence things and then you're standing outside of it and I could have panicked there but I thought oh, no this is interesting I'm not sure what this ring fencing does but anyway and then I was invited to an interview for a admin role I don't know because the grades have all changed now so I'd admin role in uh, management information and I hate maths but anyway I went <laughs> management information sounds posh <laughs> my, my thing is everything sounds a bit posh you know personnel management information um, so um, got got that role and I can't remember what the scale was or whatever because everything's changed now but I mean, management information and I thought, do I have to do maths? I went, oh no, it's all on the computer, just prints off reports. So what is that now? I called our, what's it called? The, um, oh, what's it called now? The um, source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the source back then was kind of like, yeah, the dot matrix printing. Sorry, I'm going back too far for you guys. Think it's that. Um, reams and reams and reams of paper, of reports that we put together um, for the departments centrally as well as in the schools, because we were, we were 12 schools back then. Um, so there's me. Don't like maths, but I'm doing management information. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, but it, again, it gave me oversight about student numbers. Uh, why, do, why do we call international students for fees, etc.? So it gave me all, all that. Um, 
also sent out dentist letters. Yeah, sorry. I should have said that. You know, you haven't paid your fees to town things. We learned all sorts of things. But um, I think what's good about the management information is you seeing how they use the statistical data. Mm-hmm. And also, the also it gave you insight into how departments were running, uh, who was doing very badly, who wasn't doing so badly, how did they recruit students, how did they use the marketing, um, how did they use the staff in terms of engaging people. So I got all that grounding from doing the management information um, and, and learning from, from individuals who were happy to share. And I think that doesn't happen so much now because people are, are too concerned with their own personal status rather than, oh, I can see potential, you can do this, or I can see potential. I mean, people are so grounded now in how far can I go and what can I gain rather than how can I support my colleagues effectively because leadership is about seeing potential in other individuals and encouraging that and, and, and being confident in yourself to do that. And now it's kind of like every man, every person, sorry, for themselves. But anyway, that's, that's, that's a different story. Um, so management information, yeah, that was, that was really good good grounding, I'm going to say. I'm going to use the word grounding a lot because I think you need to do that. It's kind of like um, each each step you take has to have a, a levelling off. But you think, okay, I've got that, I understand that, and you move to the next level. So I did management information for probably about two years. Um no, three years. I slept for three years, and there was another restructure. Okay, here we go again. Um, and then I decided that um, it's now time to take charge of, of, of what I want to do. And you can, do, I think all of us have the potential to design your own future. Um, and sometimes I know we think we can't, but you, you can, you have it within you. Um, and I, I got to that stage, I thought, you know what, I want to do something slightly different. Um, and I'm, I'm a person that said from leaving school that I wanted to work and talk to people of all different kinds of people. And my careers person went, mm, secretary, and I went, mm-hmm. anyway. But I think back then, you know, you were either a secretary or a nurse. But anyway, I went, nah, I mean, talking to people. Um, and back then, I don't think they, you know, I mean, that was a concept that, that kind of either resonated with anybody. You can take people's pulse, you can clear their poop. Um, that's talking to people. I thought, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, sorry, I'm digressing, digressing again. Anyway, back to where management information and moving on. And I decided that um, I would like to supervise, I don't know what that, team leader. Um, and the role came up um, in student admissions again. I went, okay, I'll, I'll try out for that. I know most of them are. Rough idea about the different subject areas, rough idea about who's in charge of what, how the university operates. Um, and so I went for the, the team leader role and got it. Um, I suppose that the toughest interview I'd ever done? Probably. Um, because it meant recalling you know, the skills that you're developing and, and, and delivering that in a, an appropriate way when they're asking you questions. And I think that's how I learned about uh, interviewing techniques. When you call it STAR at the time, it's called STAR now. Um, <laughs> all these acronyms that come up to sort of like start of like you know what I mean so to to theorize it can I call it theorize theorize interview systems like oh gosh oh, I didn't oh, I did have to contend with all that it was kind of like what can I do um, what has been kind of like my, my greatest success what's not worked so well and how did I get over it so I always say to people what are you really good at Anything you're not good at, how what strategy have you put in place to to like increase your awareness of it or to change it or network with somebody that can support you doing that? 
and that's how I've always done my interviews type of thing and that's how I, when I share with students that's why I always say to them because star smart and everything I'm like mm, too many acronyms I'm sorry no <laughs> just go with it. if you've done it and you feel it and you have a passion for it go with that because then you've got a true sense of who you are instead of trying to think of all the buzzwords you can throw a few buzzwords in there but anyway but if you know that you have done it you have delivered it and you know you've done it to a particular level that you are now ready for the next challenge just go with that gut feeling it, 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 that works well it works for me anyway so did that got the job I was in charge of five um, five uh, administrators and I think there's six six schools that we had then which was do we have some of them now Sheffield Business School teacher training uh, computing and engineering um, information technology we don't have anymore but anyway IT urban and regional studies which we kind of have it's called natural built environment and I've forgotten somebody and another one which I can't remember off the top of my head so in charge of those um, and you got to meet the admissions tutors you got to meet the course leaders and you got to go into the schools because it was kind of like and I don't know why universities do this but it was kind of like a bit of a <laughs> taboo that you that you know when you work in a work in a central department the central department people can't go to schools and school people in schools can't go to central departments anyway <laughs> i don't know where that comes from but anyway but develop good relationships and i think it's about relationship development to how you progress um and got on very well with all the individuals i worked with and kind of a few people that kind of want to rock the boat but i just said to myself after i think doing that for five years i went you know what i don't want to supervise people anymore it just mm. takes too much energy, and I'm a lazy person. How long did you do that for? About probably about five years. Oh, wow. but I am a lazy person. I thought, oh no, my wife didn't come home. This did happen. I said, I'm like, mm -hmm. not interested. Not that I'm not interested, but I'm kind of like, you need to get on with your job. <laughs> you need to do a job. And it's having, and I suppose, even though I'm saying, yeah, it was, it really tested my my skills as time. Do I really like people? <laughs> I, did, I did get to that stage where I, I'm thinking, do, do, and I said I like to talk to people, but mm, um, but I think it gave me the ability to 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 reason and develop relation re relational language for people who have not had, have not been in their shoes, have not had their lived experience. But those five years, I think, really honed that skill for me because I'm, even though there were some occasions I'm just thinking, just get on with your job, let's go. Okay, what's the problem now? Okay, just explain to me why this is, I mean, and all those things where you just want to say, get on with it. But anyway, <laughs> what's so difficult? Just just do it. Anyway, um, but I think it, it developed my language skills, how to relate to people, um, how to ensure that people actually are supposed to be responsible for themselves in a, in a, in a sense. Um, so like I said, I did that for five years. I thought, now they're driving me potty. I need to move on. And an opportunity, <laughs> yeah, people, because mm -mm. um, people come with all sorts to work, don't they? I know, yeah. like, but they come with all sorts, and I'm like, I'm not really interested. But anyway, I'll leave. I'm a, that made me a good listener <laughs> to some things. I'm just thinking, irrelevant. I'm not sure why this is bothering you. Just tell them to go, or you go, or whatever it was <laughs> at, the, at the time. So yeah. Um, and an opportunity came up to um, work in, in, in the School of Education. And like I said, it was all this thing that people from the department can't go and work, people centrally cannot go and work in a school, and people in a school cannot come and work centrally. 
And there was the odd kind of like geniuses who did that. And people go, oh, so-and-so got into a school, and so-and-so got into a department. It was kind of like that. So it's like people in library can't come central. And people central can't go to a library. And that's the kind of boundaries that I suppose the, the, um, the individuals within the, this university kept talking about. And I thought, oh, a research job, hmm, School of Education, I can do that. Did my five years doing that, three years doing something else, eight years in total, I'm sure I can do that. Um, it was a, what was it, it was a Department for Education and Schools initiative that was looking at teacher training and progressing from people um, externally in schools, progressing from um, nursery nursing or teaching assistants or mentors in schools onto, onto qualified teacher status. And I thought, I've dealt with these people for five years. Why can't they move on? They've got all this experience. So I applied, and this will make you laugh, I applied, and, uh, and at the time I didn't, um, I'm, I'm, I think I was probably about, uh, no, my daughter's now 17. I was applied, I was just about to go on maternity leave, that was it, and I applied, I thought, well, when I come back, it'll be something different if I get it. So I applied, didn't hear anything, had her in the September, um, then was interviewed, she was about three months old, interviewed in January, and for those, well, you've not experienced this yet, um, but when you do have children, your body changes slightly. <laughs> anyway, so you know how you put on your smart white shirt and your little black skirt, etc. An extra large white shirt, an extra large skirt, and um, comfortable shoes that look presentable. But yeah, and um, I don't know if people might be offended, but anyway, I was, I was breastfeeding at the time, so it's kind of like oh, an no extra, extra kind of like you know, you just kind of, I know it's not going to show this, but kind of like this. Anyway, um, and my interview was all done. I'm thinking, God, because I, I was feeding my daughter on demand, so it's kind of like it's going to be a problem halfway through this interview. Mm. But anyway, um, but when when I got shortlisted, went to the interview, and the the, the people who had travelled up from London with their attaché cases and smart suits, and there's me going any minute now, my milk's going to flow, and they'll see patches, and I'm like, she's oh, oh. covering her so, shirt with the cardigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I put lots of pads on and everything, so you know, if if, if the worst comes to the worst, it would soak everything up. So absorbent, very absorbent. So yeah, so I was prepared. <laughs> so, but then you see other women walking, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she must be a size six. I'm like a size thirty-four, but anyway, um, so it, it's not good for you know when you got you know post-pregnancy brain as well thinking why did I do this <laughs> because you wanted a job so come on Maxi fix up but these, these women had traveled up from London there were a few internal people as well and they gave us this in-tray thing to do I remember it I remember it so well and people like calculators out and, like, and I'm like hmm? did I miss something <laughs> I'm like, and I looked at it it was it was, it was statistical data and I, and I just wrote on my, I think I just wrote on my sheet I go not sure the sample size, not sure when this data was collected, and I'm not sure what this data is referring to, that's all I wrote. Everybody else is like, oh. I'm thinking, I don't know what they're calculating. How can you calculate when you don't know what this means? And, oh, and, wait. and it was, it was Sorry, kind of yeah. like, because I'm thinking, maybe I've missed the question or whatever it is, yeah. I do not know. But anyway, this is what I surmised, and I just wrote it down. Oh, well, what, what's worse that can happen? So I did that, yeah. and then went for the interview itself. Which was interviewed by was it three, four ladies? One of them was the uh, head of head of this head of one of the areas. Um, no, she wasn't head of the school at that time. I think she was head of maths or something like that. 
um, and head of this project and some external people from the council and, and a government person and I'm like whoa so you know you don't think you fit um, because yeah I was the only person of colour slightly yeah. oversized so you know the stereotypes you know yeah, yeah. Um, no it's not too much cake it's too much baby but anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you but at the time I thought, you know what, I, there's nothing, I can't lose anything. It's a day out and it's, it's getting me back into talking about, about work, talking about myself. And it's a job I'd really like, but if it doesn't come up, I'll, I'll try again. And um, the interview, um, I think it was five minutes, and I talked about the people that I'd be use, using as a focus group and to get to know why they don't progress, what's in their way. So I don't know what everybody else has done, but I just want to know why what were the barriers for individuals what were the challenges and that was my presentation basically um because at the time there were like three thousand people out there a majority of them like 99 percent of them were women mm -hmm. who'd already had children themselves or um and were, were kind of like utilizing the school timetable to upskill themselves but also take care of their children so mine was kind of like from that angle um and did it they asked me questions and i thought i'd do quite well so, um, and then it was kind of like, to, I think I was there, for, I think I left about four or five, four o'clock I left. I thought, thank goodness for that. I can go home, feed my child and just chill out. <laughs> and they said they'd ring and I thought, well, it's Friday. Don't forget anybody. Now they always say they ring on Friday. And if you're not here by a certain time, I'm thinking, well, that's it. So it got to six o'clock thinking, they're not going to ring me. Well, that's fine. I've got a weekend to recover. And then I got a call at six o'clock and she just said, I'd just like to, no, she goes, I've got some good news. And I just went, ah! I just remember just screaming on the phone and I thought oh that's not very good is it to somebody who's going to employ you but you know when you just know you've got it yeah and she said, I'd just like to tell you that we're pleased and I just got so pleased and I was gonna and so thank you very much thank you very much I'll see you whatever it was whatever it was but I thought to, thought to myself even though you think you don't fit and even though you're looking at other people thinking oh my goodness they're they they more fit that role don't undervalue yourself, don't undersell yourself. And I think that was the most important lesson I learned there. Yeah. I think I, and I, I think as well, because I was at my most vulnerable, having come, come in, well, slow maternity, but um, just having, having had a baby, um, you know, having to leave her and come to this job and you'll just want to go, oh, and all that stuff. Um, it just shows you what you can do. I didn't know what they were doing. And I'm thinking, you, you, look, you, you get these things, I'm like, it doesn't really say anything. There's no context yeah. to it. There's no, yeah. there's no, um, you know, there's no dates. There's just lots of numbers. And I'm thinking, what are they, seriously, what are they calculating? <laughs> yeah. So it was just a series, just a series of questions. And I think they brought that up in the interview as well. And they, they said, you, you've given us a series of questions as well. You can't give, statistical data can do lots of things. Yeah. And it can do lots of things to prove a point for you as the individual who's on, who's, who's requiring that data to prove something. So, but you didn't give me the context. So, these are the questions that I would have to ask to, or to get to the, you know, to, to get um, a sense of what you were trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes we 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 make assumptions about ourselves before other people do as well. Mm. Um, and it's learning to be confident. I'm not confident all the time. Um, like I said, that was my my, my most vulnerable. Um, but I think it's about believing in yourself and what you can do, and that needs to be your driver rather than believing what other people tell you you can do. Because if you, they can tell you lots of things, but unless you believe it yourself and can do it yourself, it's kind of like an empty kind of a gesture mm -hmm. type thing. Um, I think we're in a 
Uh, sorry, I keep I keep about to do this again. <laughs> I, um, no, I this think is really, yeah. this is really valuable. I think we're in a we're we're in in what they call modern modern society thinking now, where the individual the individual is over inflated in terms of the personality, and if you get a big personality, everybody's everybody's, everybody's being pushed to replicate this big personality without knowing what it is, mm-hmm. but thinking that. For some reason, if I be like I don't know Beyonce, for example, or Jay Z, or um, um, Mallory Black, Blackman, Mallory, yeah, Mallory Blackman, Mallory Blackman, Mallory Blackman, yeah, is it Blackmore? Blackmore, Blackman, Mallory Blackmore. Well, we'll look better later. Anyway, the author of Knots and Crosses, whose surname escapes me at the moment, but anyway. Uh, see, I'm only quite people of colour. Anyway, <laughs> um, for obvious reasons, um, that um, I need to be like them. Instead of instead of nurturing what is it within you and the talent within That's yourself, so and yeah, it might mirror Beyonce, or it might mirror um, Mallory, or it might mirror um, oh, who else is there? Megan. Uh, Megan Markle. I'm just, I can remember. I can actually, remember, I can remember Megan. I like suits. Yes. Might mirror, might mirror her. Oh, Jessica. Sorry, suits now. Oh, oh Donna. Oh, she's anyway, gold, but, yeah. it might mirror these individuals because you see qualities within yourself, but you're true to your own identity, and that's what they have done. And that's sometimes we miss that. We think, I want to have a booty like Beyonce, or like sing like Jay Z, or write like Mallory, instead of thinking, I have a, I have a spiritually given talent for those who have no faith. A spiritually given talent to do X, Y, and Z, and follow that. And if people try to challenge or deflect you from that, you then know that it's something good that you have. Mm. Because if people try to go, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, Claire. No, not for you. So not for you, Sarah. No, why do people like you don't do these kinds of things? You know in your heart that that's the route you've got to take. Yeah. And don't be dissuaded by it because people only say that when they're afraid of you um, surpassing them. And they've not got the grace to say, well, they're surpassing me because they are good at what they do. Oh, they'd yeah. rather pull you yeah. back because they want to remain, even though they're kind of like, how can I be diplomatic? Even though they don't know, they know they don't have the the com- full complement of skills, they still want <laughs> to remain. In, they still want to remain in power or on top. Oh, so, yeah, um, the power matrix is real. Yeah. So it's about how you how you navigate that, um, and how you sometimes use their negativity to boost yourself to say, well, actually, darn, yeah, darn, I say, darn it, I can do it. So there are, I find myself in, in situations like that on numerous occasions where people, because you are quiet and you're, I'm an observer by the way, mm-hmm. put that out there just in case when they say I'm quiet, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do that a lot. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so when I'm observing individuals, I'm trying to get a sense of who they really are because people show you one part of them, you think, mm. hmm, and then with I would say it's like six degrees of separations within the six six meeting, you go, oh no, you're not really like that. Oh, wisdom. Yeah. Well, people do they they slip up because if you're not if you're not genuine with yourself and genuine with your interaction with your people. You've got to remember. You've got to remember the code of misconduct in a certain sense because you've got to remember those things you've said. Mm. Um, and my brain doesn't have time for that type of stuff. I just, I just say something. I'm like, oh, okay, 
oh, my apologies if it offends or whatever, yeah. but I haven't got time to kind of like learn that code of misconduct, but then you've got to remember what you said to this person or that person or whatever. Because my, one of the things I would say to my children is that you, you, it's, that's it, it's, it's a, I don't know who said it many, many donkeys ago, I don't know who, it's donkeys, a, donkeys ago. <laughs> it's, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And people do that, and you'll be having a conversation and think, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they'll say something, you think, hang on a minute, but you said your mother came from Zimbabwe. Now you're saying your mother came from Norfolk. You know what I mean? Because they're trying to build a kind of like picture of themselves, they then forget what they've said. And, and I always say to my children, you don't want to live a life like that. If people don't accept you for what you are, then, then yeah. exactly. And then you spend all your time there in the, in the work situation. I think that comes out because people have a work life and then they have a home life. Mm. And some people, yeah, the work life takes over and there isn't a home mm. life. So if you build a, a work life that's built on things of that nature, mm. it's very difficult when some, a genuine person comes in and you think, <gasps> you know, you know the, the, the weaving of the tail gets larger your skill bank is is smaller because you've not taken the opportunity to develop that. You've always said yeah. it, yeah. and you know who these people are. They say it. They talk very eloquently and bloody 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 blah. <laughs> and then when you say, "Can you do this?" There's an excuse why they can't do or that, pass it on. or they pass it on yeah. to somebody else, and that somebody else does it, and then it comes back oh, and sorry. and says, "Sorry, your your name gets scrubbed," and <laughs> somebody else's name appears. You think, hmm. but anyway, those individuals always out, come to a sticky end or an untimely oh, push to one side mm. it always it's just how karma is mm. um but don't wait for that karma to work on this person because you're wasting your life as well trust sorry karma. Um, trust yeah i was actually I, just uh, something i'm sorry just something came to my mind is um, because um i mean you've you've um told us your story in a sense of because you've seen a lot of different places in the mm. university and met a lot of different people and from our experience, I mean, Sabrina works in a different place at the university. Claire works in a different place. I work in a different place. And we come together and we discuss our um, experiences. And sometimes we find it really astonishing that even though the places that we work in are so different, in the end, people make the places mm -hmm. what they are. And um, sometimes we find so massive similarities and um, trying to navigate as mm. we were saying ourselves so that was something that just struck me and that came to my mind of the different places you were kind mm. of navigating mm. and how you position yourself within those different tied back to places. the theme actually to yeah. jump piggyback on Sarah's point I do have a question um, um, as you were talking about navigating different places within the university just came to my mind of and I'll remain very diplomatic for this point, but you all know what I'm talking about. Um, I was told to to look at every single word and phrase things in a very certain way, mm -hmm. in a sense that was almost saying, you can't talk that way, what you're doing is entirely wrong. And that sense to me, um, perpetuates this hierarchy that we mm. have at this university. So when I first heard that, I genuinely thought this person, this colleague was joking. Mm. Thought, like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm literally, like, if I need to meet with someone, I will say, 
hello, or, you know, if I'm trying to be all formal, I'll be like, dear colleague, I need to have a meeting with you. I'm not going to a take a roundabout way. Mm. I'm just going to get straight to the point. And B, I'm not going to, what other fancy language do you want me to use here? So that really, really shocked me. And to that point, I'm just wondering, um, you know, you just um, meeting different types of people. How do you get what you want when you speak to people in these different places? Um, that was a long question. <laughs> no, I think, person, person, I think it's, 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 it's kind of like relationship management, but not in the in the marketing sense, where it's, I'm only saying this so I can get something from you, etc. without a genuine development of a, of a relationship. Um, and I always start with the premise that I need to know who you, even when I teach, it's kind of like, I need to know who's in my classroom. Mm -hmm. I need to know who I'm talking to. Even though colleagues who teach colleagues, well, there's like 30 or 40 of them, it doesn't matter because they're here to learn something and I'm here to learn from them. And I think I start with that, that premise. So if, any conversations that I have or, or, or um, even if it's a means to an end to, 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 to move something forward, I don't like get something. I don't, I don't know about the get something, but um, to move something forward, yeah. I get to know who I'm speaking to. Um, I think, because I think, when I ask you, who, who are you, what do you do, what do you like, etc. Remember that far back. Um, I think with everybody I've said that, what, you know, what oh, are your likes no, you and what are your interests. Oh, you me, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> just anyway. and what's your interest or what's your role, etc. I always ask you know, some, some backstory mm -hmm. about who you are, what, yeah, what you're representing, yeah. um, how long you've been here, or oh, you just joined, etc. There's always that kind of conversation to get a sense of who the, the individuals are. And even if you're corresponding via email and I'm introducing myself, there's always a bit about kind of, um, you might be the person that I need to speak to, or you know that kind of like getting. But if you're not, if you're, if you, that, that's always my line. Um, could you sort of like um, um, refer me to or whatever? Um, just to strike up a, even if emails, just strike up a conversation um, with individuals. Um, and sometimes what you're delivering, they, they, they. Uh, I don't know. I've never delivered something that they didn't want to hear. It's always kind of like, um, can you connect me, or do you know of a way that? We can find out this information. My com my emails are kind of like that. Um, and in conversations that, that we have around tables in meetings, it's kind of I'm, you'll see I'm always observing and my face might go, mm. I'm just processing. I'm not I'm not kind of like looking at it. Mm. <laughs> but my face says more than what it's really supposed to say in terms of I'm just processing um, or processing or what have you want to call it. Uh, people say it different ways. Um, and I'm picking up on things that they say or don't say. And then I'll, I'll 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 process that and then go. Just remind me, you said. What does that mean? What will that look like? And how will we know that type of the we the, the we when now the how when whatever that's that's always going through my mind when people talk. So it's it's about not me position, but me trying to get the information from them about what they really mean. And in terms of. Um, like working in in, in um, the fact, in fact, I don't even like the terms equality and diversity now. But anyway, that's another story. So in terms of when people talk about equality, I always say to them, define what you mean by equality. Mm -hmm. Define what you mean by yeah. diversity. Then I get a sense of what they think it is, and knowing that actually they're they're quite off mark. Um, and then I'll ask them sort of like, so how would you demonstrate that, or what would that look like? Then I get a sense of. You know, they if they're on track or or whether they're kind of, um, I suppose they're a blocker or or, or something to be challenged. 
So if they respond by, oh, it means having more individuals with hijabs, I'm like, oh, how, how, how will that change anything if we just have more visible-looking people? Um, you know, so I just put it back to them because sometimes I think um, in those kind of conversations, um, and they're usually around diversity and equality, I don't own race. And so I find it easier to navigate and move between it because I'm not owning it. Yeah. Um, whoever's um, saying they're going to do, needs to do. So I will just go, well, yeah, well, what will you be doing? And what will that look like? And did they not write a policy on that already? Or, you know, sometimes the one I like to use is, there's been 40 years of reports, so what's going to be different about this report? <laughs> True. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of like, for those difficult things as a, as a, as a pusher back, um, because it's not my job to mm -hmm. define or to um, <laughs> to end racism or race or whatever they want <laughs> to put way. because um, yeah. it's I didn't construct it. So exactly. do you see what I mean? Yeah. And it's very learning very very early on that it's very wearing, it's very draining um, when people position um, those difficult conversations, as they like to call it, <laughs> on a person of colour or a person of African descent now, so yeah. Um, mm. it's, it's not my job. I just want to ask what I've said to them, well, what do you think should happen? And what are you going to do? And what is your position on this? Because it's, I'm, I'm just me. I'm, I'm, I haven't got time for it. Oh, we so, don't either. <laughs> so those conversations, I was, I, I kind of push back in a nice way and say, well, um, explain to me what you mean. What would that look like? It's always solution focused. What would it look like? How will you know? That's interesting. And what are you going to do? Ah, and did you read that report? And what did it say? And what are you going to do with the recommendations? Because the recommendations come time and time and time and time and time and nothing gets done. Okay. It means you don't get invited to meetings, poor Mike, but anyway. <laughs> um, but that's not my problem because if you go to those meetings and that we, we said you get invited to the table but you're not invited to eat. I like, you know me, I like to eat. So if you invite me to a meeting, you know I'm going to eat. And we're literally eating at this table right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the code. If you invite me, you expect yeah. that you've got to do something. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't do, um, what you call it, um, minimal eating. If you invite me, I'm having a feast. <laughs> That's so, a really good note. Too. Yeah, on on that note, um, thank you for chatting with us. This was great as usual. Um, we could literally have hours and hours of conversation, um, but we'll have to do like a part two, part three, on and on and on. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. Thank, thank you. So much. Much.